Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrew and I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing killer robots. So, Chris, what are killer robots, and, and why are we talking about it? Uh, well, well, the reason we're um, we're talking about it uh, at the moment is because um, Elon Musk and a, a group of other technologists um, have written an open letter to the UN uh, calling for uh, action to be taken with regards to the restriction of um, autonomous weapons and the use of autonomous weapons. So. From the point of view, this has been dubbed by the media as as killer robots, um, but in terms of the technology we're talking about, we're talking about uh, weaponry which has a degree, through technology, through artificial intelligence, has a degree of autonomy, can decide uh, how how it deploys itself um, uh, without human interference, and that is the area of concern at the moment. What, what's, what has been the tipping point? Well, so I, I think the tipping point really is that uh, we, at, at the moment we, are, we have got weapons which we're currently having humans operate, but which are pretty close to and in many cases can currently be uh, entirely autonomous. So we are inserting a human into the, the kill chain of that, of that weapon. For example, if you think about... Um, what are commonly referred to as drones or, or uh, um, autonomous uh, um, aerial vehicles, um, then um, <clears throat> these things are, you know, maybe piloted by a human or the weapons on them may be um, fired by a human, by a human pressing a, a button or making a, a decision about the deployment of those weapons. Um, <clears throat> and that is the case at the moment. But there is no reason why the technologies that uh, pilot these things around while they're just doing something boring like uh, watching what's going on uh, there's no reason why those technologies couldn't be applied to um, the selection of targets and the prosecution of targets and that's that's why we're talking about it because it's now it's now possible with current technologies and it is certainly going to be possible with future technologies and just with the um, with this petition to the UN um I, I presume that ultimately the the end user is is governments and their militaries. That's who's being petitioned in effect to to change the rules or well, or, or to apply to 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 abide by rules to be set by the UN or yes. Yeah, so the the UN to arbitrate in the way that you might have um, an international treaty like the Geneva Convention or the, the Non Proliferation Treaty for for nuclear weapons or various others. Uh, the idea, my guess, would be is to have some sort of international set of rules to govern the development and the um, utilisation of these technologies. Now, the problem is, from a government point of view, um, once a government has made something, so a government might might make technology and then say, we're only going to use it in this, this way. But once that technology is available um, and, you know, copied and so on, then non-signatories and, you know, terrorist groups and uh, malign actors can get hold of that technology and use it however they want. So it's as much about the development of the technology as it is about how, how we use it, I guess. Okay. Uh, Nick, would you like to weigh in? Uh, yeah, well, I think the my 
thought here is that I, I find it actually quite difficult. The, the letter is very short. It, it merely says, killer robots are, you know, scary and we should do something about it, more or less. And um, it doesn't really go into what we mean by, uh, you know, an autonomous weapon. And the problem is that I can't, although, you know, we are talking about this now because the advances in artificial intelligence have, have uh, been pretty striking over the last decade or two. Um, actually, I can't. I can't really see a significant moral difference between, um, you know, designing a robot to go and kill someone versus designing a bullet and firing it at someone and killing them that way. Um, you know, in moral terms, we're just talking about. I mean, you know, it might be something to do with how effective we think they're going to be. The, the fear might be actually that the problem with artificially intelligence wep intelligent weapon systems is that they're, they're, they'll be too effective, and it'll give you know malign actors just a big too big an advantage to be countered um but i mean you know if you think about what what the what are the characteristics of an autonomous system is that there is there isn't a human sort of if you like making the ultimate decision at the point of use but i mean that's been true of lots of where i mean landmines are over 500 years old now you know the technology of using landmines and um that they're certainly you know they're very stupid but they are autonomous in that they're they're triggered by the victim and not and not uh, by the person who's laid them um and uh, you know if we think about uh perhaps what we might think of in more modern terms as a um autonomous weapon system um I think the the earliest kind of robotic weapon system I can find is is the goalkeeper cannon, um, which is an autonomous close-in weapon system which is deployed on ships to shoot down incoming missiles, and that's totally autonomous. You know, it gets triggered by, uh, you know, incoming radar signatures essentially, and that was introduced in 1979. Um, I don't I don't see that this is any different. I think the 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 I think actually we're not talking about a moral. Um, a new kind of moral problem we're simply talking about a new technological problem which is that these things we expect to be highly effective uh, but sorry to interrupt chris but for, for example with the the system that you mentioned on the ship one thing there is that's a defensive system and and uh with mines they're sort of fairly localized okay so i'm guessing that although we use the example of drones the um or you mentioned the example of drones i'm assuming there are all sorts of systems that are now using artificial intelligence and i'm guessing that the concern is more about um the scale and the yeah. impact that these weapons can yeah but that's now. true that's true of things like nuclear weapons now you could say well yes fair enough we've got we've got controls on nuclear weapons um but i mean there's no that that scale is irrelevant to the autonomy that's the point that i mean if you've got you know a really big bomb and you drop it on a city hmm. um it's you know forget there's no sort of autonomous decision making element there but in terms of scale and in terms of its ability to discriminate uh it's very very low but we don't have a problem with dropping bombs i mean we don't, that's part of conventional warfare the, sorry i know you want to cut, yeah. just, but, uh, just but there is a difference because they would it's it's when you combine these factors of scale and autonomy the that seems to be what the what yeah but the why issue i mean that's be. better I, I see that what i'm saying is that that's sort of uh i can't see why that's in any way worse or scarier i mean when someone drops a bomb on a you know on a area where there are civilian potentially civilians they are not to say, choosing which people are going to die right they they do not have that choice they choose to drop the bomb but the consequences are out of their control i don't see how that's different to launching a drone from a ship and and then letting it go and kill people. Why it, I can't see that there's a relevant moral distinction. Uh, I think this is topical simply because of the technology, not because it's introduced some 
some new moral problem. That, that's all. I think this is covered by existing moral paradigms. That, I, and, I, and, I, and I think, you know, going even further than that, there are already hundreds of thousands of autonomous agents in control of weapons being utilised by uh, Western, Western governments with only fairly loose uh, sets of controls over, um, over their, um, their sort of conduct and, and how they operate. And, and those are human soldiers who, you know, who are not uh, immune from going on killing sprees, you know, th- through history, you know, the sack of Troy. But more, more latterly, if you look at, um, you know, the, the, uh, the killings in Haditha in, in Iraq, where um, U.S. Marines killed 24 unarmed civilians, uh, as documented. If you look at the Marine A case that we've had in our, our media of a, a Marine who shot a wounded um, Taliban soldier. And as understandable as those actions may be, when you look at the, the stress as those people are under the emotions and you know um, factors like PTSD and uh, uh, fatigue and all of those kinds of things. It's understandable as that that is. It's still not the commander's intent when they deployed that weapon, i.e., they sent those people out to do their job to kill innocent civilians or, or um, wounded combatants. And so, actually, in in many ways, the question is, and we talked about you know n- nuclear weapons. Do we do we feel safer? with humans in control if you look at uh you know the greatest existential threat arguably we we face in terms of the the u.s nuclear arsenal and and the potential for its deployment at the moment you have you know one individual potentially in control of that uh uh, um and subject to all the whims of human um uh, irrationality and miscalculation and cognitive frailty and all of these these factors um uh, you know, for me, the question is um, not how dangerous is it to deploy uh, AI in control of weapons, but also how dangerous is it not to do so? Currently, we are exposed to a wide range of risks, which we know about, uh, and some of which we know about at least. Um, but, you know, are, are we actually, by cutting off this technology, are we actually making ourselves more at risk? But this reminds me of uh, a previous podcast that we did with autonomous vehicles, um, where uh, when they're self-driving, when when we reach that stage of development, that uh, it looks like inevitably you will um, have less accidents, roads will be safer, accident um, um, road deaths will decline, and yet people still feel uncomfortable with um, a robot making a decision which at some point could. Um, would result in someone's death, even if it's still safer. Yeah, I think and there is. And so yeah. just to, to finish off, and so um, so I think behind this letter being published is just that people and institutions just feel uncomfortable with with um, artificial artificial intelligence making decisions, even if those decisions are usually better or always better. Yeah, than I think they. I think there is there is something here which might be an you know which might make an interesting distinction whether or not it's morally relevant i don't know but the you know the fact that you can clearly identify a chain of decisions when you have humans uh, where you have you know reasons each person has a certain reason whether it's good or bad and after you know if we think that the outcome has been bad we can investigate and at least you know as say that everyone intended to do the thing that they did 
you know, if it turned out they didn't, then that's that's fine. Maybe they maybe they're not culpable. But I mean, if they, you know, when the person who launches the drone intended to launch the drone, the people who analysed the imagery intended to produce, you know, a correct um, uh, assessment of what they were looking at. The person who pulled the trigger intended to fire it, and so on. The the perhaps the problem is that um, when you have sufficiently advanced autonomous weapons is that those reasons are opaque we, we no longer have transparency of the rationale and the rationale might be just too complex to explain or require backwards engineering to understand in in the same way that you know i think one of our very early podcasts where we talked about AlphaGo, the the autonomous uh, sorry the artificially intelligent uh, go playing um software which has which beat the the best player in the world uh, we that the humans looking at what it was doing just couldn't understand why it was doing the things it was doing it's just that they were effective they they worked um and uh you know we might find the same thing with autonomous weapons they might be choosing to to um you know to kill someone for reasons that we don't actually fully understand but which um you know actually make sense if you like in a kind of I- information terms and, and i think this this gets to the crux of why we're concerned if you look at if you look at weapons that we tend to um prohibit the use of through international treaties they are ones which uh, are indiscriminate the, the, you know the, the thrust of the geneva convention is about protecting non-combatants or retired combatants through you know surrendering or or, or injury and so when we ban chemical weapons it's because a chlorine gas cloud can't decide whether it's an enemy soldier or whether or not it's, um, uh, you know, a, a child. It's the same with landmines and cluster munitions. You know, these things are not able to discern, whereas we decide that a human is able to uh, discern um, and make some judgment and minimise the risk of killing, uh, you know, um, non-lawful uh, um, sort of targets. Um, and I think the fear of autonomous weapons is that uh, once deployed, we lose that human ability to rein them rein them in at the point at which, oh no, that's, you know, that's not a, a, an enemy combatant, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a child. Or, but but I mean, but that, um, we well, face of that course. problem with bombs. Well, once, once they fall out of the aeroplane, there's nothing you can do about it. And them. in fact, even more than that, we are already we already have autonomy within our bombs. So where where is a weapon deployed? Because a pilot presses the button and then the the weapon goes off. But that is a guided weapon and it makes decisions as it goes down using uh, you know artificial intelligence about whether to go in through this window or to adjust for this gust of wind or or whatever. And it makes it more precise, not less you know less precise it reduces collateral damage and the same thing can be said of say uh you know a drone pilot a drone pilot might be sat there looking at a screen for hours getting tired blinking you know can they make that call is that is that a is that a rifle that man is holding or is it is it a hoe that he's he's got over his shoulder um they have to make those calls and i would argue it is our duty to push technology to make those decisions better than us it it won't get tired it won't blink um, and you know we can actually make our weapons more discriminating. Um, yeah, I think so. I think here, like, let's making the world as hard as possible for the um, the sort of let let's ban killer robots camp. Right. Let, let's assume that our artificial our artificial intelligence is such that it's essentially perfect. That that it poses no risks to civilians or at least that it is capable of targeting who we want it to target and not and no one else let, let's put it that way so so that takes out any concerns about whether the technology actually works let's assume it does and then say well do we do we are there still concerns there 
And I, I think there might be a, an additional issue, which is which is to do with the ease with which software can be replicated. And it, and, and this is, um, uh, you, you know, the, as it happens, right, we've been quite lucky in that really destructive weapons are really expensive to build traditionally. You know, that you have um, a nuclear, nuclear weapons, thankfully, turn out to be incredibly complex. It's not very easy to have a nuclear weapons program. Now, we, it might have turned out otherwise it might have turned out that actually you you know you just you can you can knock one together in your shed well if that had been the case you know we probably wouldn't be sitting here by now and and i think the problem we might have with autonomous weapons is that they don't you know they they, they it's quite easy to you know obtain a, a drone and stick software in it that's not you know these things are kind of just putting together two things that are relatively easy to obtain and i think that the concern is that that just makes terrorists for example much more effective you know if they have a bunch of killer micro drones which they're able to get off ebay and and tell them to go and kill you know a thousand innocent civilians in a in a uh, in a in a, in a you know football stadium it, it's it's just very easy for them to do that. so i think that might be the concern it's just that it, it actually is just making it too easy because of the the the, the cost of replicating but software, which is we, which we is need, very low, we need to wind up shortly. But do you think that's what the people in the letter are thinking about, or do you think uh, it's a more general? I I think there's a second fear, which is that through some uh, wonky utility function in the um, in the AI controlling the weapons, it you know let's say we we program them to um, reduce human suffering as much as possible or end human suffering and they they somehow determine that the best way to do that is to destroy all, all of humanity you know I, obviously well maybe that that isn't a, a far-fetched scenario but but it's that kind of fear that if you if you increasingly gift on large scales um, control over over weapons of mass destruction to um, autonomous agents uh, at some point they might decide to use them not in our interest and we may lose lose control of that but that is i mean that's this is no longer an issue of autonomous weapons per se but the dangers of having a general artificial intelligence which and and having complex or opaque values right so and this this so this this sort of ai um you know d- global destruction uh, problem where you you give it an objective which seems superficially benign um, and and as a result you know in order to, to achieve that objective it sort of effectively destroys the world um, so for example you know the, the examples like the um, uh, you know the, the the paperclip machine where you say well I want I want you to you know to make me I love paperclips make me lots of paperclips or work out how to collect you know as many stamps as possible and the machine sort of effectively says well I the best way of doing this is to turn the entire world into a massive stamp producing factory and because it's a general artificial intelligence it it knows how to solve that problem and if it can't solve that problem it knows that it can create new uh, a more advanced version of itself and that will help solve the problem and it's just doing what you told it to do but uh, on the way because we haven't specified its objectives properly it happens to destroy the world and i think that's the that's now that's you don't need killer robots for that you don't need things that are told to be weapons that scenario is a, a kind of something that artificial intelligence theorists are worried about without without needing to yeah, you to, don't without need guns to kill people yeah, yeah exactly so i so i think there's that you know that's if you like maybe we could say well autonomous weapons gives us an excuse to raise this as an issue because it seems obviously applicable but actually the real threat is is more to do with the 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 wider problem of what do you do with the general artificial intelligence to stop it destroying the world mm. okay so that i mean uh, just to draw this to a conclusion um 
the sort of getting close to the the Terminator sort of scenario, right? That's sort of one of the issues that kicks off that whole sort of series of films. Um, yeah, remind me what they why why do they? Well, I think it's so. Why, do, why does Skynet decide to destroy humans? Is it because humans are the source of all evil? Yeah, it would just be in a more efficient world or something. Or they saw humans as a threat. Um, yeah, so go and destroy what's the biggest threat. And the robots suddenly think, well, I think humans which, are the which is not Which yeah. is not a million miles away from if, if you program these things with protect, protect um, civilian life uh, and non-combatants' life, and then it sees one of your soldiers wandering along and it thinks, well, there's a reasonable chance they might end up shooting those civilians uh and you know it kills it kills your own soldiers so so that that type of um scenario is is not plausible it's plausible yes yeah i mean if because so you know if you've got a suitably general artificial intelligence and you know you you decide that you're going to install it in a sentry gun um which is a ostensibly a defensive thing um you know if it's suitably general the sentry gun will go well to achieve this objective of defending this base I, uh, the best thing is to not be a sentry gun anymore. The best thing is to turn myself into a, you know, a massive stockpile of nuclear weapons and destroy humanity. Uh, that'll stop people coming near the base. And, um, you know, a general artificial intelligence is capable of solving those sorts of problems and working out how to get there. That's that's the concern. The fact that you see it happens to start as a sentry gun is irrelevant. If it's a general artificial intelligence, doesn't really matter what you call it to begin with. Okay. You know, it's capable of solving real world problems. Well, to wind up on a happy note, this sort of makes me think of, um, as always, there tends to be an analogy in Star Trek. And um, there's a, in Star Trek The Next Generation, there's a really nice episode where Data, who's a robot, um, gets given uh, control of, of a starship. And his crew are really uneasy about this because he's a robot. And, and they're, they're not robots, right? Yeah, and they're right. not robots. And they and at one point he makes what's a difficult decision, and the crew sort of almost mutinies because they're just saying, "Oh, you're just some, you're just a, a cold-hearted uh, robot, and um, we we shouldn't trust you, and I, you know, I, we don't want you to be our captain." But actually, somehow I can't remember how Data pulls it all out the bag. Yeah, of course and, he does, and has yeah. just made a brilliant decision, which everyone you know applauds. Yeah, that's the the this is called Hollywood rationality, where you you know for some reason if you're rational in in a film it means that you disregard the existence of emotions but of course you know a truly artificial intelligent a truly intelligent robot would acknowledge the existence of emotions and take them into account in its decision making there we go but you know um it's a bit boring <laughs> and who would you rather had their finger on the button D donald trump or data well said and let's leave that question out there um okay gentlemen thank you very much i'm fraser mcgrew we've been here with nick Hare and chris rag of aleph insights this has been the cognitive engineering podcast um thank you for listening and until next time goodbye mm -hmm.